This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're turning our attention, once again, to the issue of child care in New York, including the workforce and accessibility for families. And our guest is Pete Nabosny, Director of Policy for the Children's Agenda. Welcome back to the show, Pete. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure to have you again. So in May, Governor Hochul highlighted $500 million from the recently adopted state budget that is destined to be invested that is destined to be invested in New York's child care workforce with funding designed to support 150,000 child care workers. Can you put this news into context for us when thinking about the larger child care industry in New York? Yeah, so child care in New York, like in many other states, um, is uh, one of the lowest paying jobs around. Um, if you look at labor data, about 97% of occupations pay more than child care. And childcare is essentially a, a minimum wage or near minimum wage job for a lot of people who are working in the field. And the result of that is that we have a real lack of care in New York State. It's a um, it's a calling for some people. They they do it. They love working with children and uh, caring for them, helping them grow. But that only goes so far if you can't pay your bills, if you can't pay your rent, all that. And so this funding, it is using federal dollars. It's a recognition that childcare workers need a, a pay bump. And so we're using some of the remaining COVID relief dollars to provide like a one-time uh, payment to uh, workers sometime this summer, you know, into the fall, which is good and certainly will be helpful to those workers, but it doesn't change the fundamental reality of the inadequate pay um, that really limits the availability of care for families all across New York State. Well, yeah, what are the practical ramifications of giving a child care worker a bonus of two to $3,000? Is that enough to keep someone from leaving and pursuing another work? And it also, it doesn't seem like it would have any impact on recruitment efforts. It would only impact, what, the existing staff, which is already insufficient, right? Yeah, I mean, they're planning on using a portion of the funds. There's a payment that will be given to providers to give directly to workers. And then their providers will also get a small grant. The amount depends on the part of the state and the type of care and all that they can use to as like hiring bonuses, things like that. But it's okay. going to be a pretty small amount of money. The challenge of this is that the bonus is great and you know it's helpful to people. But once they've been paid the bonus, if they're still long-term, they're having a hard time affording all the things in their life and they see a job down the street that pays three or four dollars more an hour than childcare, then it's a completely rational economic decision for them to go take that other job the day after the bonus is paid, right? And so you need a promise of some kind of sustainability or ongoing support, support higher wages really to truly retain that workforce that we know we need. You mentioned that this is federal money that the governor is trumpeting. Is that emblematic of some of the announcements we've had over the last couple of years when it comes to child care, are we just announcing how we're going to spend federal dollars or, or is the state getting any skin in the game? Has the state made any significant investments? And when I think about significant investments in a $200 billion budget, I'm thinking hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, we've done a lot with child care over the last several years with using federal funds, I mean, there's no there's no two ways around that. We've expanded eligibility from 200% of the federal poverty level, and in a lot of places, well below that because counties had a lot of discretion with this budget. 85% of state median income, which is 
confusing because we're going to different standards and all, but works out to be about 330% of the federal poverty level. So we've done a lot across New York State at expanding eligibility for assistance. That's been paid for with federal dollars. We've strengthened like absence policies. So providers get reimbursed for absences now, which a lot of them weren't prior to the pandemic. That's federal dollars. We've lowered parent co-payments. That's federal dollars. We've supported the workforce through stabilization grants and now this new workforce retention program. That's all federal money. That said, the governor has has pledged, and it's in the state's financial plan, that as these federal funds sunset, that they'll be sustaining a lot of those investments with state dollars. And so when Governor Hochul talks about $7 billion over four years, that's a, a mix of funding in there. But but starting next year, they are pledging to increase um, state spending by, depends on kind of where you start with the, the old spending, but you know, about a billion dollars a year in in state tax dollars, which is really significant, given that pre-pandemic we we're spending a little more than two hundred million dollars a year. The budget also includes a nominal investment, about five million dollars, uh, toward a new employer-sponsored childcare pilot program, which will be funded with some sort of mix of employer, state, and employee contributions. Is this a model that you think? depending on how the pilot program goes, should be replicated across the state? Is that sort of shared model, the way we should be thinking about providing childcare moving forward? I don't think so. So first of all, it makes the system more complicated, right? So this new program is meant to serve families between 85% of state median income and 100% of state median income. So it's a pretty small band of people. It's, I I don't know, about $20,000 or so $17,000, something like that. And it's a separate process. As far as we know, there's a lot of details that aren't worked out yet. And that's why I guess why you do a pilot, but setting it up so that you're, okay, if you make between this income level and this income level, go to the county office, apply there. And then if you're above this income level, you have to go to this other place and apply there. And then the employer has to contribute based on how much they pay you, basically. It, it becomes really complicated. And then I think my fundamental concern with this arrangement is that it ties your child care to your employment. And that that can be good in some sense, I suppose, um, and maybe good from a from an employer's perspective. But if a parent is offered an opportunity for a better job somewhere else and they they turn it down because their child care is um, tied to their job, that's that's not necessarily better for them long term or for, for their families long term. And so making child care more of an employee benefit has some real drawbacks that, I mean, we currently see it with our approach to health insurance. Um, so I'd like us to stay away from that and instead just steadily expand eligibility. Well, you're talking about a pilot program that's designed to potentially find new and creative ways to ensure that people have access to child care. But do we really need to experiment when it comes to childcare? Do we already know what we need to do when it comes to rebuilding the childcare workforce and ensuring that care is accessible and, and that answer being throw money at the problem? Or do we need to, to get creative with these issues to actually solve them? We have a basic framework that we can continue to build on with expanding eligibility, ensuring that rates are enough so that providers can keep their doors open and things like that. Um, that said, I think there's a lot of experimentation we can do in childcare and, and a lot of ways that we 
can better um, support families. Um, I mean, one example would be you have, I live in, in Rochester, New York, and we have a lot of families who are below in the city of Rochester, below this new um, state median income standard. So many families that it almost doesn't make sense to screen at an individual family level. If you live in a certain zip code in the city of Rochester, the odds are overwhelming that you are eligible for assistance. Um, and so are there ways that we could experiment with things like community eligibility? Some of the ways we, you know, we've done school lunch programs historically, where if you have a high enough demonstrated need in the community, you don't need every family to go through the process of applying for, you know, free and reduced lunch. Um, so things like that, there's a lot of um, supports for or changes that we need to make to support children with disabilities. Um, th- those families have a really difficult time finding childcare. So that's all we could do, but I don't think kind of adding the complexity of an employer contribution to childcare is the, is the kind of pilot we should be pursuing. Well, we've been speaking with Pete Nabosny. He's the director of policy for the children's agenda. Pete, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks as always. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.